0: Exodus fifteen. Might have turned it up a little bit, Cam, I'm not sure. All right, so we're looking at uh the children of Israel now. They've crossed the Red Sea. And you know, I've said this before, but it's always surprising to me when you look at how quickly they um forgot what they just saw. Uh, man, uh, to me, walking through the Red Sea on dry ground is something that's unforgettable. I've never done it before, uh, but I, I kind of—it seems like the kind of event that would be hard to forget. Let alone just weeks or days later. Um, to me, it feels like that would be enough for me to go. Yeah, I, I'm gonna—I'm gonna trust, have some faith. That God's got this. But for the children of Israel, it, it, it wasn't. I mean, they saw what happened in Egypt. And then they saw the cloud and the pillar of fire. And then they saw the Red Sea. And then we get to this point now where they immediately begin questioning God again. Remember, they were in the wilderness before the Red Sea. And they said, why would you bring us out here to die? We could have just stayed in Egypt we told you just leave us alone, and instead you brought us out here to die. Um, and and then they get through the Red Sea. God proved them. Remember, Moses said, Watch, stand still and see, uh, as the Lord's gonna deliver you, and and they did, but yet here we sit, three days since the Red Sea. Look at verse number twenty-two. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness. And found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah, which meant bitter. Uh, and the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So <laughs> we see them coming up, and, and we see them into the, the wilderness, now three days' journey. And they haven't had anything to drink in three days. So you understand they're probably thirsty. Um, that would make sense. Uh, even with uh, cloud uh, to lead them, and I would assume give them shade and, and, uh, and help them during their day on their journey. And then, of course, the fire at night to help with heat and light and all those sorts of things. If you're not drinking anything for three days, you're, you're going to be pretty thirsty. Um, And so they come across some water finally, and I'm sure they were ecstatic when they saw it, but they couldn't drink from it because it was bitter. The water uh, was no good, it would make you sick if you drank it, Um, and so they could not drink anything. And we see their very first response in verse 24 is the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Now, okay, I don't blame them for being thirsty, and I don't blame them for being disappointed that they came across water finally, and they couldn't drink it. But why the murmuring? Why the lack of faith? Why the, uh, come on, Moses, (laughs) right? What's the point of that when they just saw what they saw at the Red Sea and what they just saw what they saw in Egypt, and here they are saying, what are we supposed to drink? What are we supposed to to, uh, partake in here? We can't drink this. Because it is uh, it is bitter. And we see God's response in verse 25. And he cried, Moses cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree uh, which he had cast into the waters. And the waters were made sweet. And there, there he made for them a, a statute and an ordinance. Uh, and there he proved them and said, Thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and wilt do that which was right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So the the people murmur to Moses, what shall we drink? Moses goes to God. God's response is, I'll make the water sweet. But then he says to them, even though the water is going to taste fine, there's still risk. In the water. But he tells them in verse 26 that if you'll do what I tell you to do, you won't get any diseases. If you'll just obey me. The water, it had two issues, at least the way that I understand it. it had two issues. One, it tasted nasty. And that's a big one, right? Number two is it'll make you sick. And uh, and so to to have the water taste better is... One thing, but to have it pure enough to drink, to have it where it's not going to infect you in any way, that's a whole other thing. And God tells them what they saw in Egypt with all the issues that the Egyptians had through the plagues and everything like that. But he says to them here, if you will hearken to the voice of God, and if you'll obey his commandments, as we'll give ear to his commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's another reminder that God is here to deliver these people. He's not here to uh, uh, imprison these people. He brought them out of bondage. So that is your, um, there's a healing in that, right? That's a physical relief, being out of bondage. Then there's a physical healing, and then there's a spiritual healing, and then there's a national healing, which would encompass all of those things, I would assume. And so he says here, my purpose is to heal, but I need you to hearken to what I have to say. And I believe the same is true today. The verse that we use to talk about revival that James says is nothing about revival, Um, (laughs) revival. I always like to bring that up. It's fun. Uh, but uh, in, in Chronicles where it says, if my people will humble themselves, um, turn from their wicked ways, there's more to it, um, uh, seek, seek me, uh, then I will heal their land. Um, and, and that's what God was trying to accomplish through all of this. I'm here to heal you. I'm not here to imprison you. I'm not here to beat you down. I'm not here to any of those things. I'm here to make you stronger. But you have to obey. And that's true today, is it not? God desires for you to live a spiritually strong life. There may come physical ailments, and there may come things in life that are hard and difficult, as going three days without water would be hard and difficult. But God says, I am here to heal you. I'm the God of healing in this situation. He says in um, is it Chronicles, he says... um, Maybe in Deuteronomy. Anyways, he says somewhere there's a time to heal and there's a time to be sick. There's a time for war and there's a time for peace. There's a time for all these things. He says, right now I'm the God of healing. I'm here to heal you, but I need you to obey. I need you to hearken to what I have to say. And on top of giving them water, in verse 27, he tells us, I'm going to give you a great place to camp. He says in verse 27, and they came to Elam uh, where there were 12 wells of water. Say that three times fast. And three score and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. So there's shade, there's water, there's space. Great place for them to get some rest and recovery from their three-day journey uh, up to this point. So he's answering, uh, as the Bible teaches us, above exceedingly above all that we ask or think. He's giving you more than what you needed. But He's here for you because He is a God of healing. He's there to strengthen and to help. But then we see the next murmur, uh, as I have it in my notes. Uh, We've already seen the first murmur. uh, But now the next murmur in verses 1 through 3, chapter 16. They took their journey from Elam, so they're leaving there. And all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of sin uh, which is between Elam and Sinai, of the fifth, on the 15th day of the second month after their departure of the land of Egypt. So it tells us how long they've been away from Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died in the land of the Lord and in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to full, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Again, come on, people, right? I just had to think, I'd, I'd like to think that I would have been better than this. But nonetheless, they come out of the Red Sea. They go a couple of days' journey from there. Haven't had anything to drink. They're thirsty. Come on, Moses, what are we supposed to drink? God says, boom, water. I got it taken care of for you. Sweet, sweet in the pot. There you go. Now they journey forward, and now they're hungry. And they look at Moses and they look at Aaron and they say, come on guys, we're going to die of hunger out here. We're hungry. Why not just say, hey Moses, is there any way we could stop at the grocery store? Uh, Moses, is there any chance we can get something to eat? Are we there yet? Uh, you know, those kinds of questions. Why, why just immediately dump into, we're going to die? <laughs> I don't know. That was their philosophy apparently, is uh, they were pessimists. And so everything's worst-case scenario. And instead of just saying, Moses, is there anything we can eat? Or can you get us something to eat? It was, we're going to die of hunger. A little over dramatic, if you ask me. But we see God's response. Look in verse number 4 and 5. And then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare for uh, that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. So he tells them, I'm going to rain bread from heaven, and they're going to collect it. But I only want them to collect a certain amount. Uh, He's setting some things up. We're going to take a second to look at this in a moment. But uh, just a certain amount, and then on the sixth day I want them to collect twice the amount. Uh, And he's going to explain why in just a moment. But he says, I'm going to prove them. I'm going to see if they will actually do what they're told to do. Uh, Look in verse 11. uh, We'll come back to some of these other verses in a moment, but verse 11. uh, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at even uh, the quails came up, and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. So we see God providing for them, in this case, quail, and in this case, bread. Uh, or manna, as they called it, and having then something to eat. That's, that's a wonderful thing, right? It's, we see God providing for them. Um, now, he does tell them in verse 4, uh, and tells Moses, and Moses would tell the people, but uh, they're only supposed to collect what they need each day, no more, no less. And, uh, and what happens is if they don't, uh, there's going to be issues. We'll look at that here. Um, In a second. Uh, Verse number 8, though, let's let's learn an important truth. And it says, and Moses said, verse number 8, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to be full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against God or against the Lord. Moses is saying, You guys are over here complaining to me and to Aaron. Who are we? You're not complaining about us. You're complaining about God. It's kind of a trying to refocus their energy. I help them understand you're, you're mad about how the things that I'm doing are not doing, but I'm just doing what God tells me to do. So when you're murmuring, you need to understand you're not murmuring against me, you're murmuring against the Lord. And uh, that's a, by the way, it's a great leadership uh, here by Moses because he didn't want them to fall into this fact of just constantly be complaining about him and them not realizing who they're actually complaining about. He says, "Hey, I'm just doing what God tells me to do. So when you're murmuring, you're murmuring against him, not against me. Uh, Me and Aaron, we're, who are we? Right? We're nobody. We're just doing what God tells us to do. So maybe you should stop complaining because you understand who you're actually complaining against. And so God gives them the bread we read in verse 11 through 16. But look at the importance of obedience. And this is the last point we'll look at today, the importance of obedience, starting in verse number 16. So we understand the commandment that God gave, right? It tells us, again, kind of recaps it, verse 16. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man, according to the number of your persons, take ye every man for them which are in his tents. So enough for each person that resides there. Verse 17, And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more and some less. All right, now remember, God said, here's how much you're supposed to gather. Some did more, some did less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he gathered. He that gathered uh, much had nothing over And he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, let no man leave of of it till the morning. Don't leave any left over. Verse 20, notwithstanding, they hearken not unto Moses. But some of them left it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating, and when the sun waxed hot, it melted. Uh, it's just incredible. This, this whole thing of manna and God's provision of it and God's instruction of it, and again, for the purpose of seeing who would obey and trying to teach them the importance of obedience. But those that did not uh, eat all of it, those that had left over, um, and they said, don't, don't leave any. Those that did, it bred worms and it stank. Uh, Stank is a good southern term, uh, and so most of you know it well. Uh, But stank is not a good thing. Uh, Stank is actually a pretty rotten thing. Uh, If it stanks, you got issues. And uh, you gotta imagine they don't have, you know, three bedroom, two bath houses that they're living in in the wilderness. So that stank filled up the tent, and I'm sure was uh, pretty horrendous. And on top of that, you got the worms. Uh, coming out of it now, and it's just, just you get the picture, right? It's gross. It's gross. Um, and so they finally just began to understand, take what you're supposed to take. Uh, don't take what you're not supposed to take. Uh, it says that the sun waxed hot, it melted. Um, uh, just very intriguing stuff. Uh, continue on, verse 22. And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses, And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which you will bake today, and see that which you will seethe, and that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until morning. Now remember, this is against what they do the other days of the week. The other days of the week if they did this, it would stank, and it would grow worms. But God says on this seventh day, it's a day of rest. And so I want you to collect double on the sixth day, so you have enough for the sixth day and for the seventh day, and, uh, and eat what you would normally eat on the sixth day, and then what you have leftovers for the seventh day. Uh, verse 24, And they laid it up till morning, and Moses, as Moses bade, and it did not stink, neither was there any worms therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today you shall not find it in the field." Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. So he just lets them know there's not going to be any on the seventh day. There will not be any manna on the ground. You need to collect it today and have it for tomorrow. And then when it resets on day one of the next week, it'll be there again coming through. Now again, we look at this, we see it in creation We see it here, the importance of that one day set aside for the purpose of rest, for the purpose of worship, for the purpose of meditation, to think on the Lord and the things of the Lord here. But it all leads up to um, preparing that whole week for obedience. Uh, It's Do what I tell you to do. Hearken unto my word. And those that did, great. Those that didn't had stank in their tent. That's a good sermon title right there. Stank in the tent, um, but, uh, I mean you got. We could do a whole series on tents, right? You got AI, not AI Aiken's tent. You got stank in the tent. I'm gonna keep working on this. Um, <laughs> I've heard about sin in the camp, but stank in the tent's a lot more fun. Um, what we see here, obedience is what it was all about. God teaching them, okay. And on this day, do this. 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 I lost count. But on the sixth day, do what you weren't allowed to do. Now, I put it that way. That makes it sound really bad. Um, do Do this, exactly as I told you to do, right? So don't have any left over. We'll use today's modern week, Monday through Friday. But Saturday and Sunday, Saturday, collect double. And that seventh day, I don't want you out there harvesting the bread. Uh, and it's a lesson for them as they grow, correct? And as they get into the promised land and as they continue through society, it's, a, it's that lesson being taught early. On this seventh day, you rest. On this seventh day, you take a little bit of time to focus in on who God is and look, think through His provision and all these sorts of things. But it all comes back to obedience, Right, Because when they did it as Moses bade, as it says in verse 24, it did not stink and the worms weren't therein. But when they didn't do as Moses bade earlier in the week, it stank and worms came out. And it's important that we continue to remind ourselves when God says, do this, then we're supposed to do it. And when God says, don't do this, then we're not supposed to do it. And it really is that simple. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, again, I've never heard the sermon, but I've heard the song from from Bob Jones, uh, the, the the oldest Bob Jones, and, and where he he says, "Do right, do right, do right." And we used to sing the song as kids in a little Bible club: "Do right till the stars fall, do right till the na na na, do right na-na-na-na. do right, do right, do right." Okay, uh, great song, right? Uh, do right. It's it's a simple truth. It's a simple lesson. It's a simple phrase. Yet, so often we struggle to follow through with it. Just do right. So when God says, collect only an omer, then collect only an omer. When God says, collect two omers, then you collect two omers. And, and you, if you do that, everything will be just fine. And if you don't do that, then you're going to get stank in the tent. Uh, I mean, how many times in your life have you had stank in the tent? <laughs> and just because you didn't obey God. Something simple, right? Some little thing that you, in your mind, little thing. Well, I didn't obey God, but it's a little thing. And then there was stank in the tent. And there were worms in the bread. Uh, You know, it all just comes back. And he says, the whole reason I'm doing this is to prove them, to see who's going to listen. Have you ever, as a parent, told your kid to do something just to see if they'd obey? I have. I've done times where my wife has looked at me like, why didn't you tell him to do that? I wanted to see how he was going to react. Give him an opportunity to not whine. To obey with the right attitude. God gives us opportunities to obey him on a pretty, well, not pretty, on a very regular basis. Do we understand the importance of obedience? When we uh, do this, when we obey, the right thing happens. Verse 27, it came to pass that when they went out, uh, there went out some of the people on the seventh day uh, forth to gather, and they found none. Well, shocker. <laughs> God said, there ain't going to be any there. And they didn't listen. They went out to collect. There was nothing there. Um, verse 28, and the Lord said unto Moses, how long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place, let no man go out of his place on the seventh day, so the people rested on the seventh day. It's amazing to me how I look at this passage, and I think, man, these people were not smart. <laughs> right? Man, these, come on, what's wrong with these people? They should know better. Oh, everything they've seen, everything they've heard. Why? Why would they not listen? The more I think about it, the more I realize this is a modern-day issue. In my life and in other people's lives, and God's asking the question, how long refuse ye to keep my commandments? It's not a hard commandment, right? Go collect two days' worth of bread. That's not difficult. Yet there were people who were like, ah, we'll just get some tomorrow. God said there wasn't going to be any tomorrow. There's been, it's been every day. We walk out here every single day and there's bread there for us. It means it's not going to be here. It's there every day. And they go out and they go, oh, no, he wasn't kidding. How about that? But it wasn't that they disobeyed Moses, that they disobeyed the Lord. And God said, I gave you a specific commandment and you need to obey it. And so it says in verse 30 that so, so the people rested on the, the seventh day. Um, and from what we read in the earlier verses, some rested hungrily. Is that a word? Were hungry. And others rested full. You know, you can take a Sunday and go to the lake, or you could take a Sunday and go to church. And you could say, well, I just needed some rest. One of you is going to rest spiritually filled, and the other one's going to rest spiritually hungry. Now, listen, I'm not, uh, I'm not so high and mighty that I've never missed a Sunday service, and, and I don't pretend t- to be that way. But we got to understand that there's times where I've met too many Christians who said, "Well, I work all week. Sunday's the only day I get to spend with my family, and so I'm not going to go to church because I need to spend it with my family." Um, and my argument is always, "Well, first of all, you're supposed to go to church. Second of all," Um, You can spend time with your family at church. Third of all, it's only like two hours depending on what you do. And, I mean, you know, you can come for just the morning service and get more out of that than zero service at all, right? So, I mean, it's an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. You're talking about drive time and get ready time and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's an excuse to not obey God is what it comes down to. And you can rest hungry or you can rest full. And not to say that every time we come to church we leave filled. We should. But we don't right? there's times where we don't listen or we the pastor preaches a dud or whatever it is, and we don't leave filled, but the reality is is we know what God wants us to do, how long will we refuse it and um and I've always told you this, and I believe this wholeheartedly, you know, I think God wants generally the same thing amongst all Christians when it comes to evangelizing and church and all those kinds of things, but it's not my job to make you feel guilty. It, the Holy Spirit will do that. You just got to talk to God and say, God, what do you want from me? And if God says, I want this, then you do it. And if God says, I don't want this, then you don't do it. And it really is that simple. And no matter what anybody else thinks about you, if you just do what God tells you to do, you'll have what you need. Everything else will be taken care of. So follow the Lord. Obey his commandments. Stop murmuring, which I don't, we don't have that spirit in our church. I'm thankful for that. Um, but if you're murmuring in your heart, Stop. Uh, Just look at what God's done. Look what God's capable of and just do what he says. So do right. Lord, help us to do right. Help us to follow you. Uh, Lord, thank you for the provision that you give us. And, uh, Lord, may we not um, take lightly how you provide for us, what you provide for us. And, uh, Lord, may we just trust you and may we follow you to do what you want us to do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.